Blog Talk Radio. In order to be free, you have to know the truth. Pastor Lionel Gant seeks to use the truth of God's word to help stop the tide of violence and mass incarceration used to enslave people all across this nation. Now, the word of truth by Pastor Lionel Gant. I am looking for freedom, looking for freedom, and Glory to God, glory to God. This is the whole truth and nothing but the truth radio broadcast. Pastor Lionel Gant calling you from Atlanta, Georgia. And yes, we're coming to you live once again with nothing but the whole truth. Uh, do I have my guest on the line? Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, this is the whole truth and nothing but the truth radio broadcast. And today we're coming to you live out of Atlanta, Georgia, and I have my my associate that's on the line with me right now, uh, calling from Detroit. Uh, my sister, can you please introduce yourself and introduce your your guest, please? Good morning, everyone. This is Denise Watson from Detroit, Michigan, and I've been very blessed to get in touch with and invite Carla Franklin, Carla J. Franklin, and she's going to talk to us about some very special things that we as women need to know um, and just going to help us out with some family matters. So it's my pleasure to have her, and thank you so much, Pastor Gant, for inviting me and allowing me to bring a guest. All right. Glory to God. Glory to God. This is a blessing uh, to be with you all today. Uh, uh, my sister, uh, can you let her uh, identify herself and talk a little bit about uh, what she's doing right now, and then we're going to go right into the broadcast. Yes, Carla? Yes. Go ahead um, and introduce yourself. Good afternoon, Pastor. My name is Carla J. I go by Carla J. Key Franklin um, for business purposes. And what I do is I speak about um, terminology. I have a case that I've been fighting since I was 17. No one really knows my, um, I was told no attorney, anything would take my case because it's never been heard of. It's involving mothers and the end result of everything. My son took his life March 28, 2018. And he would have been, 37 tomorrow. So um, young mothers, and I talk about mothers and young mothers. I'm in the state of Virginia, and there's a lot going on. Since I've been speaking about it, it's making it even harder for mothers to give their child up for adoption. And it's, it's pros and cons into giving your child up for adoption. Okay. Okay. Um, we're going to we're going to go into that subject, and uh, and we and we definitely want to talk about uh, about our social services and uh, and the uh, taxes that they use and the policies that they follow. Okay, this is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast. For those listeners that are tuning in now, we have a lot that are 
call in my direct line right now. Uh, we are going to uh, we're going to go forward with the show and uh, and continue. Uh, today I'm coming to you out of the book of Daniel, uh, the seventh chapter, and uh, we're talking about the we're talking about the uh, 25th verse, where where they begin to where the prophet was talking about the four beasts. And these four beasts that are represented uh, in the book of Daniel, they represent four men, four men that would be kings in the earth and how they're going to affect the civilization, how they're going to affect uh, the rule in the, in the earth uh, during their reign. <clears throat> now, we're in the fourth, we're in the, in the position where we're dealing with the fourth, with the fourth beast. And the fourth beast uh, is is coming from a new country, a uh, country that that uh, was separated from the other countries, uh, and we know that to be represented as the United States. Okay, so uh, let me uh, let me uh, give you all a, a second to uh, to uh, to talk about uh, to talk about uh, your incident and what happened with you. And uh, then we'll go right into our Bible subject. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Denisha Watson again. Um, it's very important that we get our pens and papers, if necessary, um, and write down any information that Carlos uh, J. Franklin has to give to us. We know the state of uh, black America, you know the state of our families. You know how many children there are out here without a father. Those that are living in um, very tumultuous household situations where they're being assaulted, or it's it's just not a perfect idea of place. And this is what brings us to the thought or the inclination to possibly give our child up for adoption. Um, this is probably something that I venture to say every household. Uh, every black household in the United States have dealt with. Um, And just to say a little bit about the state of Michigan, I want you all to remember Malcolm X, Malcolm Little, as it was at the time, and the Department of Health and Human Services and what they stood for. They did not stand for family. Um, There are cases where children need to or should not be in a home, just because we can have a baby doesn't mean that we're ready to do so. Um, but I, what I hate is the fact that so many of our children all around the country are either being taken or being given up for adoption, and they're ending up in situations uh, where they're abused, and sometimes they lose their lives. It's needless to say that um, laws need to be changed all around the United States, and I think this is what um, Carla Franklin is here to help us with, to give us some idea of which way to go, uh, to possibly cause someone to think different, or to at least do your research. If you're a young girl and you're pregnant and you're thinking about giving your child up for adoption, so I'm going to be quiet and let Carla uh, jump in, and we're going to get back to Pastor Gant. Okay, okay. Before you go into that, uh, let me point out the fact that, okay, because of because of the situation in America, because of drug abuse, because of uh, parental abuses, 
that that these laws were established because because we can't ignore the fact that there are a lot of children that are in bad households. They are with parents that are abusive or they're with parents that need mental help themselves. You know, uh, uh, parents that was, that, that was the victims of abuse grew up to become abusers. So, so we can't overlook the, the, the fact that we need these laws in place to protect the children. But there are some situations that we see today where, they, where these, where these uh, policies are being abused. Uh, go ahead, my sister, uh, and uh, explain uh, what happened with you. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Denise. Um, I'm going to go way back, and I'm going to take um, – I'm going to chop it up. Um, I was 16 um, when I found out. I was 17 um, when I gave birth. My dad said, if you – um, I come from a two-parent household to a single father to a single mother. So I know a, a lot, and it was a messed-up situation. So my dad said, if you had the child, you're going to get kicked out. I got kicked out twice. This, um, a lot went on, and I was abused by my high school sweetheart. He was not in the picture any longer. So I couldn't get in contact with him, and I didn't want to be on the streets again. I come from a middle class home. So I didn't know anything about social service. I didn't know really any anything like that. Um so I signed a piece of paper. I the same paper that I signed about three or four times. And I did not know and my dad it took a long time for him and I to really talk and he sick me up. So he's telling me they never contacted him. And mothers have to realize that when they're 15 to 16 years old, you want to say, I'm grown. You're not grown when you're 15, 16. I wanted a baby because I wanted to have somebody to love me. And that's where a lot of young teenagers, a lot of mothers come out of broken homes like myself. I, and my son, that he was 10 days old, he was abused by his dad. So I came back to my, my dad's home. and. Like I said, I signed it again, and I thought that everything was okay. I called social service, and the social worker act like that. I did something wrong. That's when the whole nightmare started. I did not know that when the father does not sign that piece of paper, that was back in the day they changed it now, does not sign papers, the mother have equal rights as well as the father. It did not happen that way. I was fighting for visitation. I was taken back and forth to court for back child support, which I signed. The judges didn't listen to me. Um, I got the paper that I have now in my possession, only legal aid. But the father, the father could do any and everything. The court is so corrupted. It's not even funny. The law enforcement did what they did twice to me. Um, That's why I say I'm chopping it up. I was tired of going back and forth to court. I was a newlywed, had my um had other young children and the social worker um didn't want to talk to me. The judges act like I hurt my son. It's not and let me say this, it's not a crime to um put your child up for adoption. If you're on drugs, if you're homeless, if you whatever, it's not a crime. The crime is when 
the courts, family courts, can do any and everything to a mother. The mother does not have a voice. The father can go in like he did and was set for visitation, no visitation. So it's a pros and cons to everything. As of now, since my son died, I went back in the court, and it was an um, African-American and a Latino um, assistant and a black judge. She said, what is this? And they were going to dismiss my case because I was taking the father to court again. When I signed papers, when 16, when my son was 16, I'm going back when my son was 16 years old, um, I said, I'm done. I can't do this. I had a life working, trying to get my stuff together. And when my son, robbery and everything else, they called me and said, we can't contact the father. I said, look, I, I don't have custody. The law enforcement said that I'm going to charge you with child neglect and child abuse if you do not come down here. I was forced back in the system once again. So I'm fighting to get justice for myself or what they did when my son died again. 2018, I found out the next day when my daughter said, um, is his name was Tracy, did Tracy die? And I said, I don't know. I found out on social media. The daddy did not want me to know. So mm -hmm. I'm fighting for mothers to have a right, to have a voice. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, so what we're what we're facing today, when we look at when we look at the uh, the influence and the power that uh, social services that defects and and uh, child protective service has uh, over the families, we think that they've gone too far in and 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 and. In, in their involvement inside of the family because how can they say what family system can work and what family system cannot work? There are a lot of fathers out there that are being outstanding fathers for their children, but they but they are but they are not able to to be a part of their children's lives because of the system. And now you're telling us that even a mother, a young mother, uh they, that was in her, that was in, her, that was legally, you know, within the age of 16, 17. Most of the states have passed the law saying that, you know, 16, 17 with consent. They're trying to get off and up, get off and up under the umbrella. They're trying not to be involved. They're trying to push the, push the, the children that are being born up out of the system. Okay, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go into. Um, I'm going to go into our lesson for today. Uh, for those that are, that have their Bibles, uh, one of my callers were trying to uh, call in, and uh, and and we're going to go in a different direction today, as uh, as we as we as we tackle these things. Okay, uh, my sister Danisha, uh, what do you have to add? Well, what I would want to say, and I hope we gathered out of what Carla J is speaking about is that if you are pregnant, if you are in an abusive household and you don't think that you will be able to stay, if you need a place, there are some organizations out there that will help you, but we need to know what those organizations are. So I think the first thing is knowing that we may need legal counsel, 
um, getting the information on where to find that legal counsel, making sure you know what your rights are as a, as a young person. No one can tell you to keep your, your child if it's not fit for you to do that. Um, but it's a heartbreaking thing, and it affects us mentally, emotionally, and socially. So what I'm going to do is this. Whatever state that you're in, we're going to try to find and locate resources, and I'll uh, create a list and give it to Pastor Gant to put on his Facebook page so that you all at least know where it is that you may be possibly able to go in order to um, have a safe delivery. And whatever choices that you make, you need someone to advocate for you, we're going to try to make sure you have those resources as well. Um, One more thing that I am willing to do, and I'll talk to Pastor Gann about it, we know that you all may be in different states, but sometimes because of the corrupt issues that take place in these settings, people are often hurt, the babies are hurt. We want you to always have a contact point so that if you are pregnant, if you're about to deliver, if you are being harassed by a law enforcement agent or any other administrative agency, you'll be able to at least call, leave your name, the state that you're in, who you're having a problem with. It should be no problem to get that down on a, on a voicemail at least. Um, and so, I, again, I'll try to find every resource I can for you all, and hopefully Carla will return um, again to the show and she can give us some in-depth information um, you know, and just lead us in the right direction so that we, we're not taken advantage of. So I love you all, you young people, and I'm going to give it back to Pastor again. Okay. Well, when we're talking about, when we're talking about, uh, uh, when we're talking about, when we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, a teenage pregnancy, when we're talking about, uh, you know, these subjects, we have to we have to first of all you know work with the family hopefully hopefully that uh that it, we won't have a situation where as whereas the family would uh not support the the daughters that in their pregnancy and that they would you know hopefully work along with them so that the so that the so that the child can have a a you know stable foundation because uh when it gets into the it's going to get into the defect system you know if they are if they are if they are teens and what we want what we want to do we want to clarify unto these young girls that are out here how they can survive this and how they can come through uh without uh without losing their children okay and without them losing the uh the parenting the parenting of their children because because the way the system is looking at it is though is though they are children themselves. All right. This is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast. And we're coming to you live uh today and and, and you know, and today we're dealing with a subject, uh talking about talking about uh you know, we we've been in, in uh and and talking we've been teaching about the New World Order and how these things are going to come to pass, 
and you know, and the defect system that's that's a part of this new world order that's coming that's coming that's coming to pass. You know, uh, uh, today we're in the book of Daniel, and we're in the seventh chapter of the book of Daniel. And actually, the, the verse of scripture that I'm coming from today is uh, dealing with the um, the twenty fifth the twenty fifth verse of the book of Daniel, where it talks about uh, where it talks about um, the fourth beast, and then and then this fourth beast, they were going to attempt to to change the times and to change the dates. And to, and to change the laws, uh, referring to the people, uh, and 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 into this and into this fourth uh, king's hand, in his fourth king's hand, he was going to be given the power to change the times. All right, this is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast, and uh, and and this thing is so important. As we're looking at as we're looking at the the new world order, as we're looking at what's getting ready to happen before us today, it's, it's as though we're living on the pages of Bible prophecy right now, right now. Okay, all right. I'm gonna go ahead and read to you the uh, the twenty fifth the twenty fifth verse out of the book of Daniel. The seventh chapter. And this is talking about the fourth beast. And I already told you that that fourth beast represents four kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and the and times and the dividing of times. But the judgment twenty six verse, but the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it until the end. All right, so basically basically these uh these four beasts that Daniel is describing, he was actually describing four kings that would take part in the in the in the development of the of the earth and the civilizations of the earth. And now we've been through three of those kings. Now we're dealing with the fourth with the fourth king, who had the power to change times and to change dates and times, and uh, and that's and that's what's happening to us today. So I will I will go back to my to my audience and uh, and to my co-host to say you know we're talking about the new world order, and and we're seeing how how they're you know taking charge. Of our, of our children, how they're uh, forcing abortion on us, how they're using defects uh, in the system uh, with our children. Okay, 
when we talk about them controlling the dates and the times, when we talk about them taking over the system, uh, what do you all have to add to any of that? Well, Denisha Watson here, when I think about what's going on and you see the laws that are being changed, I my personal belief is that it's leading up to what they call the war of Armageddon. Okay. Because every single day you have police officers that are brazenly outright murdering civilians and they happen to be black. But you don't see that with black police officers killing white civilians. Then you have the cases where, like here in Michigan, parents, if your children don't go to school, now I want you to think, this is the setting of middle class and poor black people. If your parent, if your children don't go to school, they will arrest you and they will put you in prison. We have redlining with the police in terms of uh, police stops or vehicular uh, stop. They're using technology to not only scan your license plate, but scan the faces of the people that's actually in the vehicle with you. They can pull you over, take your car. So now you don't have a car. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. So you don't have a car to get back and forth to work or to take care of your family. All of the, the oppression that's caused in our neighborhoods, and it doesn't matter where we are, what color we are, When you oppress people and you discriminate against them and you racially profile them, it creates a situation where people are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Can you really say that it's okay for us to endure all that we endure and then be expected to go back home and be healthy and happy? It doesn't work like that. So we suffer mentally and physically. Our children suffer as well. And so the perpetuation of sickness, illness, death, poverty, lack of education, all of that is because of our uh, government and other agencies. And if we know this, then we have an obligation to do what we can to change it. And that means, young ladies, not looking for love in all the wrong places or trying to have a baby so that you will have someone to love you only for that child to be taken and for you to endure more more pain and more anguish. And young men, we love you too, but you have to be careful and we have to be strategic in our acts because if we do not, we'll have babies all over the place. And we're creating babies for lives to be taken, if you all understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying if you're pregnant, don't have your baby. What I'm saying is, Think before you lay down. Think about the consequences. Think about the government and how things are changing. Okay. Children have. I'm sorry. Okay, but how can how can how can we ask our youth to do that when 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 they're being influenced by so many things? I mean, I mean the average the average young girl that's out there today, they're saying that most of these girls are experiencing uh, you know their first sexual acts around, you know, 13 years old. So how do we how do we combat that? And I'm asking you you all, y'all are mothers and you all have um, through this thing. So yeah, how do we how do we survive through that? Well, the first thing that we need to do is pass again is hold the um 
the educational system responsible. We need hold, to go hold, into the schools. Hold up. I mean, we 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 can't hold the educational system responsible for the raising of our children. We have to go back to the family. We have to go back to the family. What happened? I mean, I mean, look, they they before they even go to school, the first four years of their lives, they're they're spending that with their parents, and that's the time when they are the most teachable. You know, they say the best time to teach a child, you know, different languages is when they're in that age range. You know, when they're in that age range between one, two, three, and four. You know, you can teach them many different languages at that age. Go ahead. And that's true, Pastor Gamble. What we have is we have a government and the situation is set up in poverty uh, households and communities that children have to go to kindergarten. That child is spending the majority of its day in a system where there is the miseducation of the Negro. I'm just that. Read the book. Go get the book, y'all. So this is what they're doing, and then we bring the children home. By the time the mother gets the child home to do anything, she's tired because she just caught the bus from work out in the suburbs somewhere. And so what do we do? We put the children in front of the TV. When I say that we have to hold our educational system responsible, these systems are not allowing for black teachers to truly teach the history of black people to these to these children. They're not allowing it. And they're mm-hmm. overrun. The staff is overrun. The teachers, the children are hungry. It's so much going on into this particular situation. We're May not I interject? Yes. Okay. Um, I used to talk like that. And when a young girl such as myself and whoever else, that comes from a broken home, they're going to do whatever to suit them. If they meet a guy that's 18, 19 years old and or either a bunch of money or which they never had and they see all that, they're going to be influenced. Social media is going to be influenced. The school system is not, and I've been talking about this over 20 years now, when my children were in school, and I homeschooled my 12-year-old. So when you, Denise, talk like that or anybody else, you would not get to the young girls. I tried it, and it's not going to work. You really have to meet them where they're at. Where they're at, they've been molested, they've been raped, they've been told that they would never be anything in life. So you have to meet them where they're at because they don't feel like they are loved. Um, I have a... If I can, I'm sure you are. Right here in the city of Detroit, there's ministries that I am involved with, with other pastors, and they talk to them. If you make a person aware of what's going on, if you make the young people aware of the jurisdictional changes that are taking place with child support, with all of these aspects of life that they're going to have to deal with, they will pay attention. The thing of it is, yes, you need to give them what they need. They need safety. They need love. They need food. They need nurturing. They need to know that they have a safe place to go with that baby. We're talking about those that are already in the thick of what they're going through. They spend a majority of their time at school. 
And the majority of these abusive relationships that they go through and the degradation that they go through are with children the same age as they are. So while Carla is, is perfectly right in what she's saying, we're all right. We just have to attack it from different angles. Because, again, if you have a young child that's going to school and she's being beat or she's being uh, trained by some young boy that don't know better, he don't learn something from somebody out in the street that thinks he's going to pimp her, then you have a, a pregnant young girl by herself. She's in an abusive relationship. Where is she a majority of the day? A majority of the day they're in school. But all of the teachers that are teaching them, they don't always have the access to say, listen, uh, counselor or principal, this child is in an abusive relationship. Let's attack Let's attack uh, domestic violence and make that part of the curriculum instead of forcing other stuff down there. They don't have the option to say, let's make sure that they have a, a, a safe place to stay, even if they have to return back to the school and there's a, a, a night mother or whatever uh, there to make sure that they have a little room where cops are set up and these girls can get up and, you know, go to this school, have this clean, safe place to be. They can be fed and they can be nurtured. We're not doing that in all aspects in every city. So I think that that's what we need to do. That's vital and it's important. And giving them the word of God so that they can have some hope, some hope and some, so that they can have some spirituality to be able to hold on and try to make it through this. Else you're going to have a lot of young girls and a lot of children and they're going to be committing suicide because they don't have anything. They don't have anything to believe in. No strength coming from anywhere. So that's where the spirituality comes in. Okay, Pastor. Ed. Well, well, we have to look at the fact of two things. We have to look at the the effect of American culture, which is which creates a delusion, and it and it's built up on illusion where they have created this illusion that, uh, that you know, of parenting, of parenting, of parenthood. And we, as, as African-Americans, as black Americans, we have gotten away from our culture, uh, and we've adopted, we've been assimilated into American culture. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by, by that, you know, we came from a tribal, from a tribal uh, background where where all of the family took part in the raising of a child. Where we had the grandfather, the grandmother. Where we had the the we had the the two parent system uh, that was in effect. Where we had big older sisters, older brothers. Where we had everyone in a community uh, type setting where everybody took part in the raising of one child. Now, now we've been assimilated to American culture, which is completely different from our culture, and and and, and we have suffered this for a long time. And so now, so now our households are based on, uh, based on America's system, as opposed to being based on our system of living. All right, this is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast, and and today, and today, we're we're talking to you about 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 how how the system has been changed how how we've been assimilated into a culture that is not our own 
and and we're talking about we're talking about defects and how defects affects the family, and you know there's a lot of children uh, that never even come in contact with the defect system, but but the, but the majority of them that do, they 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 don't have good stories to tell, so so I'm, I want my sister to talk to talk about the things that she encountered uh, as a 16 year old out here facing the world on her own and and her involvement with the defect system? Um, I was 17, um, and the involvement with the system, I was, um, I completed the cycle. I was with another guy that was abusing me, um, and I had a child. Um, so that was the recycle, the recycle mentality. Hold on, um, tell the parents how, okay, that's listening to this broadcast right now, and they're probably going through this same thing with their teenagers right now. How do you, what are the telltale signs? How do you, how do you get involved in that, and what can these parents do to avoid that? Okay, the, what you can do is speak to them. Um, Go through, you may not like it, go through that phone. Now, hold on. Um, earlier, you were saying that, that, you have, that, you, that you have to speak to them at their level. What, yes. what, what did that entail? Okay, that entails what I was saying. If um, a lot of these children now, they are mouthy. They're very mouthy. And I come from a strict background, and I'm very strict with my children and with my 12-year-old. So you have to meet them where they're at. If, um, for instance, if you see your daughter that's 13, 14, 15, she's up in age, where social media, you have to technology. We don't like it. Older people, we may not like it. Get a fake account. I never had a fake account. My children blocked me and because they said I was nosy. You have to go back to the principles of back the old school way. I'm from the old school. I didn't like it, but now I appreciate it. Um, you have to do that and see where you, what your daughter is doing and sit down with her so she can say once a week, I've always had my children say, you have a voice in this house, but you're not going to disrespect me, which they disrespected me which they have a mouth, back in the day you had to you had to pop them or whatever else. Yes, I discipline. But one thing I don't like about parents is they get on social media and beat their children, their daughter, and say what you're not going to do. When someone says what you're not going to do and demand it, you're not going to talk this way, they're going to do it anyway, mothers. So you really have to... And I know that the recycle pain, the healing, and everything else, you have to go back to square one. The Internet is, I call it, your walking library. Go to YouTube and look at some of these parents that deal with children and have behavior issues and stuff. If you don't know, that's what it is. If you're dealing with addiction, addiction in our community is very high. I come from that. My mother passed away. Because of addiction, her body was found, um, and she had an overdose. So 
I dealt with that. So when you're dealing with what my child not going to do, we generation, this generation is totally different from us. So with the mothers, they just have to sit down and tell their, their daughters that I know you're doing this, I know you're dressing this way. Why are you dressing this way? Um, who you hang around with? You have to give them some opportunities because I see it a lot. I see it a lot that the people that I've actually spoken to, mentoring and everything else, they're doing what they want to do. Some of them appreciate me and a lot of them don't. So a lot of mothers are not equipped to help their daughters out. So that's why I said we got technology. Um, put them in front of the computer and say, this is what, how you're going to end up at. That's how I always did mine. This is how you're going to do it. I use my own experience for my children, and if they like it or not. They're grown, and one is not. But I still talk that way. You have to talk like if, for instance, if my daughter's um, – boyfriend was cussing me out and I know this is a Christian and stuff but sometimes you gotta say okay my Christian is gonna be out the door that's what I said meet them where they at to let them know if you're gonna act crazy I'm gonna act crazy along with you so we can bring it down just a bit so that's what I'm saying mothers we I used to say we got to do better mothers meet your daughters where they're at suicide is on the rise I see so many people on, on social media. They said venting. That's the only place where they have to be is to vent. That is the only way they are molested or, or whatever the case may be. Daughter, our daughters are in distress. They're in distress, and if you don't like it, they're going to go to somebody else. They're going to seek other people, and the people, they're not going to tell them um, the truth. They're going to lead them to another path. So what you're saying is that, okay, that the parents got to get on there, that got to watch them, their online movement. Uh, they got to get their phones and go through their phones and all this stuff. And a lot of people would, would, would disagree with that. Explain to us what you're saying. How when I say, when I say your, the phone, not necessarily go through their phone, but just get them, when I say get them where you can trust them and say, well, um, show me this picture or who you're talking to. you got to have a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. You're not going to take their phone because they're going to say, no, this is my phone. But the old saying is if I pay that bill, that's not your phone. So I have every right to go through that phone. Amen. So that's. That's the reason why I said we got to go back because we is I see it when I said they they I don't know if our city is or the the abuse is going up domestic violence on both parts and a lot of young mothers or a lot of women mothers don't like to go to their mothers because they think oh you're gonna judge me. Like my daughter used to say, and she's, we're trying to get a, a better relationship. She's 32. We're trying to get a better relationship because I used to tell her, you don't do this, you don't do that, do this, do that. I was talking at them, not talking to them. Okay. And 
So you can't, and I'm just going about my experience of how I mentor, how I talk to my daughter, and I realize that you can't talk how we were taught because they're going to go against you, and you got so many people that's, so, that's going to listen to them and tell them the wrong thing. And you can have all these children that's a recycle pain. It's a recycle, the recycle. We talk, and people are starting to talk about it, that recycleness. It's not broken. All right, uh, Demetria. Yes, well, my main goal is to make sure that our schools, because everyone is back to school now, has set up a plan to have a safe place for these students to go. When you know that children are homeless or they're not being fed properly, and this can all be told by um, how well they perform in school. When you know that they're being bullied, you see them. Teachers and counselors see our young girls and our young boys with one another. They're aware of the things that they're doing behind the stairs at the school or in the uh, janitor's closet. If we don't step up and do something by having a safe, clean place for them to go where they can eat, lay down, and just rest without worrying about somebody touching them or harming them in some way, yet we continue to take the money and want the children to show up so that we can get federal funds, that's that's not good. Yeah, we we can't keep doing that, and um, we have to. We need more black teachers in schools with our black children. We need people that look like us. Uh, there was a case in Virginia. Uh, the teacher, and I can't recall her name right now. I'll make sure to give Pastor Gant the information because I don't want you all to. I want you all to know what I'm saying is factual. She was. Um, put under arrest for putting semen, her husband's semen, he's a police officer, into cupcakes and giving it to the students. When we can exhibit such hatred towards another group of people, not only based on their color, but it just shows that this woman has some mental illnesses. Nobody in their right mind does that. So now we're in a situation where the children are not only uh, being deprived of the nutritious food that they need to help their bodies to heal itself, to maintain some form of mental stability, but now you got teachers doing rogue acts like this. That that was just uncounted for you. All you guys got to do is just look it up. You don't – I don't even know what to say behind that except for – there. She needs I'm familiar. I'm familiar with that case, and it's a lot of cases in Virginia like that. And I want to piggyback off you, Denise, for 30 seconds or so. Um, the they're taken away from the budget, and they are putting um, a lot of stuff in, like history, and you can't say this and you can't do that. A lot of a lot of teachers. I do notice for factual when I used to be in the relationship, because I used to be in the school system myself, substitute teacher's assistant for special ed. So 
it's a lot of stuff that's going on and like the bullying and everything else like that. And you said safe place. It's no safe place in schools. We need to build, and you are so right, we need to build a safe place, but the way the government is taking and taking and taking monies away from schools. The black teachers are fed up. If you look at the, the, if you get the attitudes together with these kids, it will be a safe, better place. One more thing I'm going to say. I have a black male. My son is 12 years old, has special needs, speech issues. I, and he said, I said, I need a break. I need you to go to school for a year. I'm not going to say what he said, but he said, no, I don't want to because I'm going to be bullied and possibility of someone, I'll be a target for someone shooting. A lot of black parents are taking their children out because of that. And 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 that and that is creating a, a homeschooling environment. Do you think that's a that's a, a a better antidote for some of the kids? It is, but however, I'm gonna say, but however, um, it could be very stressful because the mother has to, especially if you have a behavior issue child, and if you have a spouse in the home. And the spouse is, if he is upset, he or she is upset, he don't have to do his work. What is that actually setting the example for that child? Um, it can be pros and cons to it a lot. Also learn. Now, I'm going to say this, and I, um, the SOL test, the SOL test, the, um, if you download it and pay it $25 every year, it's an eye-opener. The te- what they're teaching in school, it is not based upon the SOL. They can, the teachers can tell anything, but it's not. It is not. So it's pros and cons to everything. Um, a lot of, especially a lot of black parents are taking their children out, and I can tell you I'm on a tight budget, a very tight budget. I've never spent any, it was only ABC Mouse, and that was it. And it's been nothing but YouTube, me um, doing my own worksheets and everything. You don't have to pay hundreds and thousands of dollars for homeschool. You really do not. Okay. Okay. This is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast. And we're coming to you live, and we're touching on a a subject that, that, you know, most most of our parents, have gotten into the thing of, of depending on the schools. And I've heard you all mention the schools a lot. Uh, you know, as far as, as far as my children and their upbringing, you know, we brought them up in the church. We brought them up in the home. I mean, we, we had, we had prayer every day before our children walked outside the, the door, before we went out to work, before they went out to school, you know, we had we had uh, we had prayer, we had you know Bible study. We we've done we did a lot of things like that, and and it protected our children from a lot of things because we had both parents together uh, working with working with the children at that time. So so how how can we how can we how can we solve this problem? What can we do? What can we do? I mean. 
you all are saying we we need to we need to change the the system in the schools. How how do we change the system in the home? I mean, I mean, I don't agree with the thing saying that that a single mother can't raise a young man because you know, I was a product of that. My mother raised me and uh you know, I I went through my little rebellious stage and different little things like that, but but it was always me and her against the world. We was always down for down for one another, and we was always working together. And I always looked out for her. So, so what do we say to our parents out there? How how do they deal with this? Well, I think uh, Denisha Watson here. I think the first thing is to find out if the parents themselves are equipped to do any type of homeschooling. Because whatever you do, you want it to be effective. It would be easy to say, hey, pull a kid out of school. I'm not just talking about the homeschooling. I'm talking about our young girls are getting pregnant. You know, some of them in their first sexual encounters at 13 or maybe even younger than that. Uh, How do we deal with with hearing our children and observing what they're going through to, to stop this? Well, most specifically, I would say, based on what I see here in the city of Detroit, um, the parents are lonely. And so they're inviting men into their homes. And sometimes, let me say this, you guys, women can be child molesters and rapists also. So we're talking about Aunt, uh, Aunt Sissy or Aunt Diane next door. So the thing of it is, is to to have a, a, a open dialogue with your children um, so that they will recognize, first of all, if someone does something to you and they have hurt you or they've done something inappropriate, you need to be able to come to me, but I need to be able to trust you as well, that what it is you're saying is not being done out of anger or because you know that you can use this particular um, opportunity to possibly get someone in trouble and maybe perhaps it, what, what you're saying is not true. I think the first thing is to always believe your child when they tell you something okay. and to not allow men into the homes. I know you guys, everybody needs to be loved. We need some help. We want a father for our children if no one is there, but we just can't do it because what's happening is too many cases where these people who we allow in our household, be it a female or be it a male, mm-hmm. are doing things to children and they're taking them like a little boy uh, in the South. They raped him. Two two boys or grown men took this little baby off and raped him. He was two years old and dumped him off in a neighboring county. Nine times out of ten, one of them was the baby's, uh, the baby's mother's boyfriend. Who who has access to your children like that? So we have to utilize and find every type of um, organization that might be able to help us. Pick up you can pick up your phone and dial two one one, your cell phone or your house phone, just about anywhere in the United States, and they will have a list of organizations in your area that may be able to help you. Now, for the most part, I'm just going to be honest. They got all this money from the federal government, all of these state agencies. And sometimes they don't have, you may be in a place where they don't have a shelter if you're being beat. So you have nowhere to go. 
only thing you can do is stay with your abuser. You have nowhere to take your children. You may be in a situation that your children are being abused, and maybe you don't even see a way out. If that is the case, I want you to leave a message. Send Pastor again a message. We're going to do everything. I'm I'm going to do all that I can to be able to try to help you to some degree. So I'm just saying we know that it's real. We know the situations are out here. But it's our responsibility to do everything that we can to protect our, our children and to protect ourselves. That involves the law enforcement as well because if a woman calls law enforcement and says this man has been beating me and he raped my child, that's a whole nother can of worms that has been opened. And sometimes the law enforcement, depending on where they at, especially in the South, they may not get the person and arrest them. They may not remove them out of the house. And if they do take them out of the house, they'll let them go before you can get to court. So we just have to have some, some avenue, some way to get them the help that they need. Remember 211, you guys, pick it up from your cell phone or your local house phone, and you got to say something. If you want help, you have to say something. There's no guarantee that everybody will get the help that they need in a timely manner because it involves more than just one person or two people doing something. But I want to let you know that we love you. Okay, where, where do the role of the of the church come in? At? And we're down to our last uh, few minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and give you all uh, uh, time to uh, give out any information that you have to give out and uh, and let the people know how they can get in contact with you all. And uh, But I want to ask you all the question, what do you all think the church's role should be in all this? The church's role, my name is Carla Franklin. The church's role is um, I would like more pastors to be um, uh, pastors to to actually be more into um, the community like they were years ago. Okay. Okay, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Okay, my sister, do you have any any last words? And we're getting we the last. You know, uh, we have to we have to hold our uh, churches responsible and our pastors responsible too, because oftentimes they are put in a position and they are the ones that they are the very ones that are manipulating issues and abusing people in the church. Not all pastors, but a lot of them do, and so it's not set up and it's not a safe place. So we need to get back to that safety by holding accountability and responsibility towards these uh, leaders. Okay, okay. When we're talking about when we're talking about the church, okay, you know, that's where we used to hang out at. That's where we used to go for a safe place. But but now uh now the people uh where they hang out at now, they hang out online. They hang out on the on the internet. They hang out in 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 these different uh online online uh websites so so we're going to have to we're going to have to change our strategy all right this is the whole truth nothing but the truth radio broadcast we're coming to you live from atlanta georgia and i'm sorry we're down to our last 10 seconds
So we're going to have to do this again. So I'm going to have to work it out with uh, with my with my co-host to uh, see if we can finish this conversation. All right, y'all. This is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast. Pastor Lionel Gant coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. And once again, we're coming to you with nothing but the whole truth. Peace and blessings.